You are listening to the Sound the War Cry podcast, episode 51. The time to prepare is now. Will you be ready to take care of yourself and your family should disaster strike? Are you spiritually prepared to lead your family and handle life's problems? This is a preparedness podcast with the intent and focus to help you go through the last days with hope and courage as we watch society crumble and collapse. Each week, you will be given more knowledge to act upon. With faith and motivation, you can accomplish the impossible and look forward with confidence, hope, and joy as we usher in the return of our Savior Jesus Christ. We are His watchmen and we are sounding the war cry. Welcome back to another episode of the Sound the War Cry podcast. I am your host, Heather Mitchell, and I'm going to be here today to talk more about spring gardens. This is the time to really start thinking about what we're planting in the spring garden. For some of you, we're well past maybe planting for the spring garden. If you're in Arizona, you maybe started some of that in February, but we've had some pretty cold days here, even in Arizona, that it wasn't quite time to plant in our spring gardens just yet. Now, I attended an amazing emergency preparedness meeting last Thursday with a master gardener. Her name was Ashley Judd. She wrote the book, Growing in the Garden. You must follow Ashley Judd on Instagram. Her Instagram account is called Growing in the Garden. She actually has a blog which really teaches you in depth what to plant, when to plant it, what your soil should be like, the watering, the sunlight, all the things. And she gave an amazing kind of a basic presentation for beginners this past Thursday on getting your your garden started or, or what you need to have a healthy, thriving garden. We talked about growing tomatoes last time, but I wanna talk about really just the basics of starting your garden and making sure that it's thriving because this is something I'm still learning about. I would like to get better at this myself. So the four things that are very important to having a successful garden is the soil, the watering, the sunlight, and the timing. Because these are the four things you have to have right when planting seeds or putting your starters in the ground. You got to be thinking about the soil, the watering, the sunlight, and the timing. So the first thing we do focus on is having good soil. And it's a good idea, she mentioned, to get a soil testing kit on Amazon just to make sure. You want your soil to hold together and then break apart. So you can pick up some of your soil and squeeze it. See if that soil holds together and then breaks apart easily in your hands, okay? That's really the texture you're looking for in a good soil. Now, when you test the pH of the soil, testing that that pH regulates the ability of plants to take up nutrients. So if the soil is too high or low, the nutrients will not be available to the plants. So test nutrient levels, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Typically, 
when uh, you have plants come up, let's say you're trying to grow broccoli, you're getting nice big broccoli leaves, but the broccoli is not coming on. This happens to me quite often. She mentioned that it, it could be too much nitrogen in the soil. So it's just a good idea to test your soil pH before you even attempt to do the whole gardening thing, because you'll waste so many, so many actually months and years of trying to get it right, trying to get your produce to grow and it just won't grow right or it will become diseased and that's what we don't want okay so you're gonna follow these rules on getting the soil right first and then do your planting but we get so in a hurry to just get it in the ground don't we without thinking about the soil so that's really the first step so we can add compost if you're working with compost highly recommend that you do have a composting bin i only have one and then i just barely yesterday started like a compost pile in a corner somewhere um, so i can get the compost really going good and before i keep adding this is what i've been doing in the past is i was just adding more scraps to my compost bin that i've been turning but then i never like get to use that compost because i'm adding more to it all the time well, what I realized I need to do, this is kind of a no-brainer, but I just wasn't doing it, was I need to let that turn into soil, what I've got in there, and use that up and then keep starting new scraps and things. So the new scraps that kind of come along from food or clippings, they have to go into a different pile so that I can keep the composting bin. And I have one that I just spin. I, I just rotate it around and spin it. It's a big one. And that, that gets the heat in there. I, I put water in there and then all of the, the stuff that turns into compost. So I don't really know exactly how long it takes for things to turn into compost. Maybe seven weeks. I really don't know. It could be a lot less than that if I'm doing it correctly. The problem is I didn't know because I just kept adding the scraps. But compost makes any soil better. Once you get that compost, you lay it down in your beds wherever you're planting. It introduces different particle sizes into the soil, opening up the structure and promoting better water retention and drainage. So that's why you want compost. It's loaded with vital organic nutrients that are released slowly over time. It stimulates growth and the vitamins for the plants. So it helps protect plants from disease. It moderates the soil pH. It supports beneficial microorganisms. So start a composting bin. That is going to really help you out. And in addition, if you have a place that has worm castings, worms break down scraps and make worm castings right into the beds. This is a powerful nutrient and the minerals and good microorganisms that your plants are going to get. It improves pest and disease resistance. It improves plant growth. It can be left in the bed or spread around the bed. So I had a couple of friends who were actually purchasing these tubs of worm castings and, and worms or whatever, and they'd keep them in a cool place, a cool, dark place. I don't even think they could keep them in their garage in the summertime here in Arizona because it's too hot but it was like in their laundry rooms. If you have space or somewhere where you can keep a large bin of worms, that this sounds kind of 
unsanitary or gross for people to keep it in their house. But if you did have a space in a mudroom or something, this would be a great idea because you, you, know, you could take it in the winter, you could keep it in your garage, keep it outside. But in the summer months, I'm talking about Arizona here, you could not, it would burn up. Okay. So you would need to bring that in, but it's going to be so beneficial for your gardens. All right. Summer soil tips. Use good soil. It has increased water holding capacity if your soil is good. You're going to want to fill the beds all the way up with that soil, all the way to the top. And in the summer months, you really don't want to use small containers. They get too hot, they burn up. So that's why it's recommended not to use the small containers, but to use um, beds mostly in the summer here in Arizona. Anywhere else, I'm sure you're probably fine. Let's talk about mulch. You should add mulch to your garden. And mulch can be anything from your wood chips. Now, wood chips here in Arizona, you're, you're going to get roaches because they like to crawl in those wood chips. But you can use really a lot of different things for, for mulches. A lot of people were using pine needles that had fallen off trees as their mulch. Um, what else did someone ask about? They asked about um, possibly using shredded paper which you could use, but because of the ink on the paper, it might leak some chemical into your soil. So I don't know if you should always be doing that. But the reasons to add mulch is, is for one, it suppresses the weeds. You're going to have less weeding to do if you have mulch in, on the ground around your plants. It cools the soil. It regulates that temperature. So having a good mulch will help with that. It, hel it helps retain moisture. And it adds organic matter to the beds. So now you've got, you've got kind of the best of the best for, for working with your soil, right? You're going to have a good soil, test your soil, good pH, get your compost in there, your worm castings, and then your mulch. Now, don't mulch until you've planted your, um, your seeds or whatever, or when they've been popping up, you can add the mulch around all of that but it's a good idea to have that mulch so your full sun plants for summertime that that need full sun are going to be things like roselle corn loofah grapes amaranth black-eyed peas peanuts melons snake beans and okra Okay, there's a certain kind of bean called the snake bean, and that's a great one to plant for the summer. Basil always does well in the summer. You can plant your sweet potatoes, your Armenian cucumbers. Now, cucumbers, these, these types grow really well, as she mentioned, Armenian cucumbers and sunflowers, of course, okay? Now, there's also different mixes you can purchase for your bed to really, like, give it a good boost. She uses one called Mel's Mix, which is kind of the perfect combo of vermiculite and potassium and, you know, nitrogen, all the things that your soil needs is in like special mixes. So if you have a special mix that you've purchased for your beds, it's, it's time you can kind of sprinkle some of that on there and it will help a lot with the, the soil. Okay. 
Now, watering, it can be too much. She talked about watering quite a lot here. So I just want to mention the watering because even in Arizona, we might tend to water too much. She mentioned that we should water all the way so that the water soaks like all the way down to the bottom of the bed so the roots can really get it. Not just on top, but she lets, I think her, her water watering system run for about 10 to 12 minutes and it just soaks all the way through. And that's what the plants really need is a good soaking, a good watering. And then I believe she said she didn't even water again for like a day in the summertime. You might need to every day in the summer here in Arizona, but you really can just saturate it good, let it dry a bit, and then water it again. You don't want to overwater like I do, because then you have bad soil and it's not good. It's hard to figure out the watering, honestly, for me. I've got the drip line running on it and I just, I never know. Some spots are getting hit. Some spots aren't. I don't have like the best watering system. That's why you should go follow her growing, growing in the garden.com growing in the garden on Instagram. She uses this grid system. And if you like, just invest in that, you're going to have the most beautiful plants come up because you're going to get even watering and it's going to work out good versus trying to run your own drip line and uh, possibly you get buildup from the hard water and then some spots aren't working. This has just been my experience. So if you just kind of like, if you have the money to invest in a good grid or two for your space, she's got the links to all of that, where to purchase that. Um, and maybe even a discount using her promo code. Just get yourself a good watering system. Okay. And saturate it down, soak it down and then let it dry out. And then you can water it again, like in a day or two. She just in the winter months said she only waters, you know, a couple times a week, two or three times. And I've got mine running even almost every day in the winter. So I have not been doing this right. It was good for me to just go and learn. But don't stress plants out by bad watering, she said. You don't want to, you don't want to let them like, like, get a lot of water and then not get any water for a couple of days. And now they're stressed out and they're wondering when they're going to get water again. You got to keep them watered, but you don't overwater. Okay. This is kind of a, you got to feel it out type of thing because everyone's soil drainage and everyone's soil is a little bit different. You just have to kind of know um, for you what the best way is. And she said the best way to test is, is just to stick your finger in that soil, stick it down in there. If it's coming out clean, your finger, you've got to add a little bit more water there, okay? It should come out with some soil sticking to your finger a little bit. And you've got to reach down there, and you've got to feel that it's wet down, down, down there. So that's the, really the only way to know, she said, if it's getting down to the roots, is to stick your hand down there and reach down there and just feel. So um, we've talked about the mold. We've talked about the watering let's talk about sunlight. Okay. She said the morning sunlight is really the best sunlight. So look around your yard, see where it's getting the morning sunlight. And that's typically where you want to put your beds. But if you're getting afternoon sunlight spots, like I have a couple, they, they do pretty well. Um, and those ones are more like my herb garden stuff. 
I keep over there. They just do really well over there in that afternoon sun. But the morning sun, that's where you want to do most of your planting. It's a spot that gets that good morning sunlight. In the summer months, you're going to want to add shade when the temps are consistently above 100. So if you're in Arizona, we get above 100. When it's consistently above 100, that's when we start adding like the shade cloth over the beds. Um, so we gotta, we gotta work with this. We gotta figure this out so that we can even keep growing in those summer months. And I had mentioned some plants that will grow in the summer months here. She said that tomatoes don't grow in the summer, but when I did have the straw bell gardening going in my yard, my tomatoes were coming in all year long, just beautifully and amazingly. So I just think it just depends. And when you do straw bell gardening, it acts as your mulch and you've already fertilized your, you've conditioned your bells. So they're already the perfect growing conditions for your seeds. So consider straw bell gardening, but just know that the straw bells, because of the way straw is, it does attract roaches and the bugs and things like that. So if you can't stand all of that in your yard, um, just, that's just what comes with the territory. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. So you just don't do those straw bells. And if you can't stand a lot of insects coming around, because that's, that's the problem I had with the straw bells, but I did enjoy growing in them because they did work so well for me. And then it turns to compost, you know, after the season's over, which is pretty cool. All right. Um, morning sunlight's best. Add shade when temps are consistently above 100. Learn about the crops you want to grow. This was something important that she had mentioned is, what does your family eat? What, what, pick one or two things and get really good at growing that one or two things, okay, that you really want to eat. So if it's onions, make it onions. Learn how to be the best onion grower ever. If it's tomatoes, learn how to be the most amazing tomato grower ever. Like master the skill of growing that one thing. Figure out season after season, where do they like to be sitting in your yard? What is the perfect soil to, to bring this about? It's really, it's going to take um, patience, but it's like a science experiment too. We've got to figure out what this crop that you like to eat, what conditions it likes to grow in. So if it's strawberries, if it's melons, pick a melon, pick some variety of melon, like really dial this one thing in this one or two things, because it can be overwhelming to try all these different things and then nothing's really coming up great. But if you just practice the one thing for a few seasons even and see what happens, um, you're just going to become an expert at knowing that one thing, okay? So choose plants with shortest days to harvest. This was something else she mentioned was just the importance of you know, starting out, which plants, you could type this in YouTube or Google, which plants are the shortest days to harvest? Go with those as a beginner so you can really see um, if it's true and what, if this is the days to harvest, like how do we get the soil right to make this true? Get your calendar out and really, really start tracking this, okay? Do it with the shortest days, choose the plants with shortest days to harvest. Use a planting calendar, and she's got a really beautiful planting calendar you can purchase um, for Arizona here. So use a planting calendar. Add flowers to the garden. She did mention this because this is kind of the best way to control pests 
in your garden naturally, organically, is to add flowers. And her planting calendar will even have which flowers um, to put in there as well. Okay, so if you're just, and you're also going to be rotating these crops through. So don't plant your carrots in the same spot every year. Don't plant your, your spinach in the same place every year. Rotate it around and let's see what, what it does. Okay, and that's always helping to put different nutrients in the soil as well. She said that the um, Armenian cucumbers, which I mentioned, it's called the painted serpent. They grow really well here in Arizona. Arizona Worm Farm um, has the worm castings. Okay, you can just look that up. Arizona Worm Farm, growing in the garden raised bed mix is another mix. That's, it's her mix, and you can purchase that too. And it's going to be really good for your garden. Grow herbs and flowers around your veggies, which we just talked about. Great idea for keeping the pests at bay. And somebody had even mentioned to look into grow bags. And I hadn't heard of grow bags, but they do have bags, like your container gardening. And you can use those grow bags. And then I got the idea to try the grow bags for my potatoes, because I'm really trying to grow potatoes. I want to get good at it. And I just have not been able to master potatoes at all. So I think I'm going to look into the grow bags for that. People were even using uh, reusable grocery bags as their grow bags, ones that could um, decompose in the soil. There's certain kinds of um, fabrics that might be more natural that you'd be able to use for grow bags for your plants. Okay. So those were the tips. Let me just go through any of the pictures I have in my phone from slides. I told you about the heat loving crops there. And, um, yeah, her calendar, it's gorgeous. It's big and it, it just shows you month by month what to plant. So I think we actually got through everything today. I wanted to say on this podcast episode. So hope that this helps you to get excited. Remember, you're focusing on the soil. You're focusing on the water. You're focusing on the sunlight and the timing. We have to get all of that right. And then we can really start planting a beautiful garden. It's so worth it to plant a garden, you guys, to learn how to grow your own food. And it tastes so much better when it's just right off the vine, fresh. It just tastes so much better. You have to try it. You must try it. I insist you try it. Even, even if you're in a small space, like an apartment, just get a, a couple of those rectangular containers, put them out on your patio or terrace or whatever you have there. And just play around. Just try to get really good at growing one or two things. That's what I would suggest for anybody, but especially if you're in a small space. Okay. All right. Um, I'll just leave you with this. If you want to learn about having a healthier body and mind and helping your kids to have a healthy mindset, you're going to go over to my other podcast, Healthy Families Rule is the name of that podcast. And you're going to learn all about really how to keep your body and mind in the best health of its life. Okay. I'll leave you with that. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.